Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about Silent Service 2. Um, but before we get into the game, Aaron, we got some feedback from this guy. His name is Mike S. This guy. Yeah. Mike S. Was he, he says, in the room? He says, hi guys, <laughs> love the show. I was thinking about FPGA hardware last night and something dawned on me. Technically, they're not emulators. An FPGA Amiga system is basically an Amiga compatible, much the same way AMD CPUs are Intel CPU compatible processors. If an FPGA processor was more like a transmeta CPU, then I could see it calling, calling it an emulator. Back in 2000, a company called Transmeta shipped a CPU that was compatible with Intel CPUs. The Transmeta CPUs contained an Intel instruction set interpreter, and since an interpreter was involved, they were basically Intel CPU emulators and hardware. Since FPGAs are executing the 68K instruction set directly, no interpretation involved, FPGAs are not emulators. I would have no problem calling an FPGA-based system an Amiga. What are your thoughts on that? I agree. I never said that FPGAs were emulators. Mm -hmm. They're not. They're, they're, but they are, but they're not. They're hard. They're, effectively, they're uh, uh, simulating, how about that, uh, hardware components. I mean, that's what they're doing. So... Uh, uh, they're very, very close to legitimate hardware. And so therein lies the rub, or the tail in this case, which is, um, does that matter? Right. All right. I agree. I mean, now, what was it? Trans meta? Yeah, the, the reason why I pulled this from the stack of emails that, that we get is every awesome. week is that uh, you know, I was wondering if you'd heard of this trans meta CPU it before. It sounds like some witchery there. Yeah. You know, uh, back in the Dizzy, uh, you've heard me talk about the old Cyrix chip. He was in Mortal Kombat 3, wasn't That's he? That's Cyrix, mm. but you're close. But uh, Cyrix was a uh, chip manufacturer that had a good run in the early days of the, of the uh, Intel era before the Pentium. And uh, uh, Cyrix made uh, chips that were Intel compatible. In fact, like I said, I've mentioned my first PC was, an in, was a Cyrix 486 chip in a 386 Intel motherboard, mm -hmm. okay? Um, so what does that mean? Does that mean I wasn't, I didn't have a true PC? No, I had one, just they made it. So, I mean, I guess you could sort of equate what this is to that. Mm -hmm. I know you'll love this conversation, so I'm going to just keep on talking. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, uh, uh, hey, I don't have any problem with the with the FPGAs. So like I said, I'll, if, they, if they make a new line of computers and say, look, these are Amigas, they're FPGA Amigas, in fact, I think that's better, more palatable than the actual add-on mm -hmm. because you're. It's not like somebody else is going to be cranking it's, down Amiga. It's definitely more palatable to the wallet than the X1 or you know those you know the, the new school Amiga. You know, I saw that you mentioned that I had not messed with those despite, despite my promise in <laughs> one of the early episodes. It's incorrect, boat. I have looked into them. I just am too inept to use them. Mm, okay, I see. let's get it I right. See. I see. But yes, uh, thought-provoking yeah. from Mike S. Thank you, Mike. All right, Aaron. Get on board. The gamble train's a calling. Oh, God. It's a time for another week of exciting, action packed Amiga news. Well, guess what? 
I did a horrible job this week of, of documenting all Amiga news, <laughs> but I will do my best here uh, to uh, to uh, get through some of the stuff that, in fact, some of the stuff I didn't even post, and so that'll make it a little more fun. Um, I'm trying to see where we left off here, Boatster. Now, did we talk about Heroes of Goraluth last week? The pre-orders are out. I think yes, we may we have did. mentioned we'll that. Talk so about that. If that's your bag, hop one over. Uh, Does this, Google Plus not have a way to just list things in order? It's got six order? days. Well, here's the thing. Look, you know, this is a good time to get into this. But, um, I post news in a very um, moronic way. And the way I do it is, uh, I, when I see the, no, the nose, <laughs> when I see the nose, I blow the nose. When I see the, no, the news, I, I just post, I link it up on Google Plus. Right. right? And if you look at Google Plus, it'll tell you, instead of saying like, Here's the date it was posted. It just says six days, seven days, mm. eight days. Now, since we do this show uh, once a week, right. right? Then I look at the thing. Does it say less than seven days? We'll give that one a shot. And sure. so this particular story said six days. Now, uh, it's because uh, it's been six days and like two hours. That's right. And so that's why occasionally there's and and listen, the people enjoy some of this information being put up over and over. I out can there. get behind that. And especially because, like, nah, what are you going to do? Yeah. So there you go. Hey, you can still pre-order it, Boat. It's still up. Stop yanking are still my chain, going. Boat. Okay, so next on the docket here, the game. Did you see this? Look at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a J Minor released version of the .95 of the game. Now, wait a minute. J Minor? Yeah, I saw it. Hey, listen, that's what that's the <laughs> indie retro news. <laughs> that's what I thought. So there you go. Okay. Um let me see what else we've got here. I've got to make sure that we haven't covered some of this stuff now that you're on me. Oh, this... <laughs> this is an interesting one here from the Dream Catcher. I love it. This is a... He covers a, a game based on the Disney classic. We'll use classic loosely here. The Black Cauldron. Have you ever seen The Black Cauldron? No. I, I saw it long have. ago. Uh, this to to put a little backstory in it is this was during the dark period of well, Disney animation. Well, I, I hear that, but what that means extra in this particular case, the 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 Black Cauldron is is a uh, more sophisticated, more adult film mm -hmm. that have some very provocative and violent situations that happen in it, uh, and it it tankery dankery dude. Now it went through a bunch a bunch of. Uh, uh, rewrites and a bunch of oversight and we're worried about this let's change that a lot of stuff that went down and so when it came out it would just it didn't work it failed so but hey that never stopped nobody from making games when you got red heat and some of these other games you got to have a game from black cauldron and so dreamcatcher actually looks at this and this is a uh, you know I don't want to think we ever take dreamcatcher and his work for granted but i love this i read it and it was real interesting uh, piece uh, that he wrote that it covers it, it covers I mean the way this was written and I, I, I wanted to touch on this a little bit because I mean I want to touch on some of the actual text in this the, the guys that wrote this sat they were so broke okay now get this listen to this you've got Roberta Williams Elaine uh, Boulay I mean you've heard of some of these guys Nancy Casero this is these are the writers of the film the black no Baldwin? these are the writers of the game oh, okay okay they were I mean Roberta Williams <laughs> not West, sad yeah. all right so they had no money they had no studio. How did they have no money? Isn't this after King's Quest when she was already a billionaire? Listen, listen to this. This is they they had no place to do the game, and so this was developed shortly after the first King's Quest title. Okay, by some of the staff. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they're like, we we want you to do this, 
but we don't have anywhere to, for you to work. Mm -hmm. So come over to the come over to the house. So this began. This uh, uh, this is Al Lowe. He hauled his computer and set up in Ken and Roberta's game room with a couple other guys, and they made this game. They had no money, so they just sat in this room for months wow. making the game. Crazy. It's outstanding. Outstanding. I work didn't even here. knew this. this uh, you know, I, I like these sort of games. And, I know. And so, maybe well, I, it wasn't a, a it wasn't a big player, was mm -hmm. it? So, uh, I strongly urge that people read this. And if you should see them, the film, uh, uh, I should watch the movie. It's definitely worth seeing, just because it's an unusual film. Uh, Is it like Disney. Black Hole? No. Well, I mean. Because Black Hole was sort of violent. Sort I equate of those two movies in my head for some reason. It, well, I mean, I know you're being a, a, a doofus, but no, I in mean, actuality, didn't they come out about semblance. the same time too? No. Like early '80s. But it was somewhere in the ballpark. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Black Hole. By the way, I saw in the theater, scared the hell out of me mm -hmm. as a kid, and I liked that sort of thing. Remember the bit at the end where the the guy, the robot, like shoots out in space, and then it's got the guy's face in it. Because I haven't seen it. Oh well, you, I would watch that one too. All right, next on the docket. The Boatster. Now, I've mentioned this before. I'm going to mention it one more time because I love it. Uh, because this guy is pitching this, and he's got it ready to go. It's a work in progress. The Amiga Frontier BBS uh, is up and running. Um, this is a fellow that I found on uh, on face the Amiga Facebook group. He's just kind of pushing this thing. I've been on here, uh, and it's cool. He's got um, Amiga files. He's got Amiga Echo Mail running. He, uh, he's got uh, a bunch of uh, files on here, door games, network games, and soon, now right now you can access this just with your internet computer, but uh, from, from his direct uh, words, at some point soon, he'll be able, you'll be able to actually dial in on your modem. So there, awesome. is, there, is there any link to this actual thing? Well, no, you, it? if you, you uh, uh, let me see, did I not, I could, oh yeah, yeah, right there, it's still, well, look, it's, oh, there I've it got is. it written it. in there, the, yeah. yeah, you really can't link this, for, so I guess you could, but you can't, yeah. Uh, so there you go. But that, but uh, please check this out. I was on here at school. And I don't like anybody that's doing that kind of that kind of stuff. So are you gonna have a look? There it is. Yeah. Look at that ANSI. It's mm -hmm. Conan, yo. Is that Conan? I don't know. It looks sort of like him. Or maybe it's you. He's got a sword. He kind of looks like the guy from Lionheart with blue hair. Listen, he's not that cool. What was his name? Lionel. Yeah, he's getting on his train. All right, boy. It's going to be a rough show. I can tell that. Next on the docket, God bless this man, Pixels at Dawn. He's uh, he's he's really provided the lion's share of the news He's this picked week. up the slack. Oh, wait a minute. What? Are you making fun of lion again? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a. Hey. Yeah, double trouble. So, so, so uh, Pixels, I, have, I don't know. Have you looked at this yet? Many Amiga products, I'm going to read verbatim here. Okay. Many Amiga products were uh, accompanied by videos, tutorials, commercials, prom promotions, and now AmigaVideo.net is working to preserve these. That sounds pretty good. Have you, have you seen this yet? No. It says here, go and watch Amiga Format's intro to the A1200 or the video that came with WrestleMania. Oh, Holy okay, smokes. so these are all like the promotional videos that were... Uh, <laughs> this were, is tremendous. Yeah, that's very cool. Now, uh, uh, there's the ball. you got to have the ball. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, so that looks pretty good. We'll have to delve into these. We may have to come back and do a and do a special look through of these. You know, it, it's funny because they they are hosting all of these videos on their site themselves. It's been so long since I've seen that where it's not just a YouTube link. Uh huh. So uh, very pretty good. pretty cool. Very professional. Very good. Operation. Very good. Very good. So thank you, Pixels, for that. Um, Pixels has another uh, angle here, and I, it's funny. He's this is <laughs> this was the one I was trying to post. So. 
This is a, uh, a the Vintage Wave blog. Have a new article, and it's I did actually look at this article. Uh, it's it's called Buying a Commodore Amiga 30 Years Later. And it's a trip down memory lane, so to speak. Nostalgic. You know how those crazy uh, old computer collectors are holding on to their Amiga all these years. What an intrepid bunch doing their thing. And then it has a little thing here on, like, uh, you know, buying stuff, the problems you can run into. This guy goes into his favorite cool. game. So I guess if you're, if you're itching to get back into the scene, maybe you should give this a read. It's like a primer, right? Yeah. Another Pixels joint here. Uh, this is on Amiga Love. We love Amiga Love, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, about the largely forgotten Amiga 1000 expansion, the 1060 sidecar. Oh, wow. But get this. It adds a PC to your chunky desktop Amiga. Man, you're talking about some 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 weight if you combine that with the Amiga oh, One Thousand. That That's like so a whole other computer. What we're looking at here is something. If you picture a five and a quarter inch disk drive and then add about another third to the side <laughs> of it, and then uh, add it's like an external case for that. But I mean, it's huge. It, yeah, that'd be a it's, monster. It's massive. Now, does that fit in with cable? Look at that thing. That's a, that's a whole other PC <laughs> that, that connects to your your One Thousand. You know that is. Uh, I've never heard of this. Yeah, me neither. And I, I would like to have it now. Boy, me, I, I Amiga just... Love, who's the, who is the premier Amiga One Thousand master. Mm. He's, he's got, and so this clearly, I'm not surprised this came from uh, there over there. Look, at, I mean, that's a small PC. Is what yeah. that is. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. We're going to look into that too. Cause <laughs> I'd like to see if that is just a PC that just plugs in. It's like, oh, it's got pass through video, or can you do stuff with it? Yeah, wacky. Uh, another Pixels. Man, he was, he was on fire this week. Um, so get this one. Uh, this is the uh, Amiga. He says, Amiga Rocks, literally in this case, as internationally renowned rock band Muse revealed that the band wouldn't exist if it weren't for the lead singer Matt Bellamy's A500 with a one meg upgrade. Mm. Have you ever heard of Muse? Yes, Boat? Muse is a very popular band. What are they? What are they he- have I heard any of their stuff, no, Boat? No, no. It's How not for you. Know? It's college music. It says here, Metalhead. This doesn't sound like college music at all. Today's metal is yesterday's college music. Is that true? That's on the that's, that's, That car. can't be true. That, so, I mean, it's not that much different, I don't think. I've been, I've been, I'm sure I've heard some of their songs. Oh, Can I'm you sure name you any song they did? I don't know anything. You don't news. know anything about Muse, do you? You were just making it up to make me look like a jerk. <laughs> How could you think I would because do something that's like that? Because that's your gimmick. That's your gimmick. Okay, so one more from Pixels. Uh, now, I actually started watching this earlier today, but I didn't get to finish it. Uh, it is a uh, a YouTube documentary, and it takes sort of a grim view of uh, of uh, just that thumbnail, you know. Yeah, the flatline, how the Amiga flatlined, <laughs> and it, I watched about the first fifteen, about the first ten minutes of it, and it shows, the, of course, the Amiga launching that you know the first killer app, mm-hmm. all that stuff, and then I'm, as usual, the problem with the Amiga story is. And some of the documentaries have managed to pull off a happy ending, but the problem is it's not happy. No. It ends horribly and tragically. We all get screwed. Mm-hmm. So this is a this is a, yet another documentary that says, yeah, we all got screwed. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's an upside because we're we're like a phoenix. We're coming back up, up from the ashes. You know. So that, that I think that's nice. Uh, and and uh, I think that will end that. You got anything else you want to talk about? Oh, I guess we should talk about the stuff we did. You want to go over that? Since that's, yeah, okay, yeah, go so, ahead. Uh, this week, uh, I took a look at Silent Service 2, so you can check that out. I did a uh, little playthrough of that where the majority of the, of the video, I'm actually just trying to um, maneuver my craft. Uh, you should have called that 
boat trap trap the tree <laughs> part one um you know it's funny because if, if you go to play today's game um it is uh you can download the manual the manual is, is is massive yeah but if you really want to play the game just go on over to lemon and download the quick start guide that gives you like to make the sub go forward press this key because that's really what you need i'll that's tell you really something you're not going to believe me and i don't want to give it away before we start playing I actually figured this whole game out without any documentation. You're, you're a genius. And then I went back and got the docs to make it easier for me. But yeah, I'm not a genius. I, but I guessed. I guessed a lot. And also, I watched your video. So at least I watched the first half of that. And I was like, holy cow, I got to do well, better now. Well, if it wasn't for the uh, my intrepid crew, uh, first mate Pixels at Dawn, uh, giving me throwing me tips, it would have been it would have been a long haul. He's all over this show. Yeah, he is. We need to have his picture back here. That's right. Right underneath the Amigos neon sign. Um, so, uh, ARG Presents this week. Double uh, trouble. Yeah, you guys, you and the Brent, uh, did 32X. This was, uh, posted twice. If you, if you checked it out immediately when ARG comes out on Wednesdays, give it another look because Aaron has uploaded a new version with gameplay footage yeah, from both the games. I, I uploaded the wrong one, y'all. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, so this week you cover a Spider-Man Web of Fire and Dark Side from the makers of Elite Dangerous. Yeah, uh, spelled cool guy style. Yeah. Um, you know, I I actually kind of felt bad this week. I enjoyed the show, but uh, I did not endeavor to have a show two weird, obscure games that I don't think Spider-Man is that obscure. Considered, well, oh, didn't let me finish. They okay, were considered sorry. horrible. Mm. And so... Uh, like I, and I mentioned on the show, I, I pick the majority of my games for what the cool name is, as yeah. you know. Yep. Uh, and sometimes that works out great, like I did on the on the on the ZX back in the day with Death Race or whatever. And then sometimes it's not so good. But yeah. actually, I Dark Side I thought was okay. Uh, but uh, you know, it could have it could have been worse. But yeah, I enjoyed it. And this this uh, upcoming episode should be a real uh, uh, nutty affair as we delve uh, stealthily into the FM. Towns Marty. That should be great. Bizarre Japanese system. And we also are going to have a special announcement on this week's ARG. Yeah. Um, I posted a couple uh, playthrough videos uh, of uh, comparisons. I compared the uh, new um, Atari version of Atari 8 bit version of Donkey Kong with the 1983 original. Uh, and uh, I was really impressed. Some people didn't like it. They liked the original better, but uh, Who? I, really, yeah. But Man, I can't uh, believe that. I, I think that this. I think the uh, the the updated version really looks the better. The new version look is a lot better in my. Yeah, and then uh, last but not least, uh, I put up a port comparison. One more outrun port comparison. This time it's the Master System versus the PC Engine. Uh, I felt kind of weird doing two outrun port comparisons, but I wanted to see what the uh, the eight bit and I guess PC Engine the early sixteen bit had to offer. And lo and behold, both of them trounced the Amiga version to yeah. the surprise of no one. Yeah, I don't. We talked about uh, Wild Cup Soccer last week. No, no, talk about Wild Cup Soccer. I did. You know, to which uh, this is another in the series of games we were sent. Uh, I had to go at Wild Cup Soccer. It's funny we played the game, the, the other game that this company made. And I'll be darned if I remember what it was. Uh, but uh, uh, this was, remember Brutal Football? Uh, mm -hmm. uh, brutal Sports Football. This was like Brutal Sports Soccer with weird animals. Uh, uh, I believe this was a, a, a I think that Ravi sent this over. 
and uh, uh, it was a 32x, uh, excuse me, listen to me, CD32 uh, game, and it was it was interesting. Uh, I did have a lot of fun. I mean, just murdering people, and you could just murder the crap out of each other. Uh, and it was, you know, I had a good time trying to figure it out. The, watching Marvel at me try, painfully try to score any goal. <laughs> I mean, the net, the, I'll have killed their goalie. Killed is them. Your, is your uh, Amiga monitor mounted on your ceiling? Yeah, I was using the TV. Oh, okay, okay. You, you look, look like you're gazing up to the heavens. I am. That's the Amiga. It, it, it has a it has a special place on my wall. But yeah, so I, I did have a go at Wild Cup, but it was it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. And uh, our very last video that just went up. Well, I guess it's gone up several days ago now, but it feels like it just went up. Controversial. One of my favorite games, one of your favorite games, I Absolutely. know. Absolutely. Uh, I compared the C64 version of Blue Max with the Atari 8-bit version. Um, I think that the Atari 8-bit version is superior because it plays better, and I think the music is better. But some people think that the slow as molasses gameplay is more realistic on the Commodore 64. Yeah, you know, I actually went back and played both these this mm -hmm. week uh, through emulation, I'd say. And um, I remember I liked them. I actually like them both. The music it really is a toss-up. It's really it, yeah, close. it's very close. Uh, they're both good. Uh, the the C sixty four version ha the has bigger sprites. Mm -hmm. The plane is larger. Uh, the, it's not super slow. It's only really really slow when you're taking off. It looks it looks much worse than it actually is. Uh, but I you know I always played the Atari version of this. Uh, it's the one I played growing up, and uh, uh, I think also I'll tell you I think the C sixty four version is easier if you want the truth. Mm. Uh, but I think I prefer the Atari version, I'll mm -hmm. say, on this one. But yeah. Blue Max, great. great yeah, great, great on any platform. Should have been for the on the Amiga. Amiga. Yeah. Don't play the Blue Max on the Amiga. No, it is it's not a lie. The same game. It's a lie. <laughs> All right, Aaron, you ready to get this party started? I am. Tell I me am. about your experience uh, with submarines. Well, I've been on a couple submarines mm -hmm. in my lifetime, including the. Uh, there's a submarine in um, uh, Charleston, South Carolina. That we actually uh, got the tour. They're, right now, it's submerged. They're trying to save it. They're gonna. They're hopefully by 2020. Uh, they're gonna bring actually better races up out of the tank it's in, and you'll be able to like actually physically go up and touch it. Is this it. a uh, World War II era? No, submarine? this is a, I think a Civil War wow. submarine. It's real old. Wow. I think it's it's, it's the Hunley, uh, is what it's called. Uh, but the, it's got a real huge museum around it. It's it's weird because it's in a real bad part of Charleston. Go mm. figure. But it. Awesome, and then they've got replicas that you can get in. So this thing, trust me, uh, a boy like me ain't getting in this sucker. This is like a I guy like wafer thin, very close quarters in there. Yeah, it only went out a couple of times, and people died on it a lot. But I, I've been on that, and then I've been on one other uh, unsubmerged sub. Gosh, I can't remember where I was at, but it was cool. You know, I really enjoyed it. Have you ever been on one? Never. I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to take a tour, as it were, and uh, and see. Uh, I've got a buddy, one of my old fraternity buddies, uh, is a, uh, submar a submariner, and mm -hmm. is over in, uh, in Hawaii, and so um, seems like something that it's one of those things where I'm glad there are people that, that want to go under there for six months at a time, yeah. but boy, that would be a, that would be a rough it's life. It's funny, if, I, I, I'm going I'm to name drop him again, uh, one of my favorite podcasters, Shane Armand Rowe, he was a former uh, naval sub Occupant. He was in. He was in the service uh, in a sub. And his stories on his show, uh, which is uh, Pastor Seat Radio, uh, are great. Just and you get to hear the day to day life, what it's like, what you do in there when the sewer backs up, what you do to pass time. It, it, so if you're into that, if you want to find out more, 
Uh, my, I also worked with a guy who was a who worked on a nuclear sub, mm-hmm. steely-eyed killer of the deep. Uh, my friend Adam, who uh, works in Frankfurt, and uh, uh, he's a real quiet, subdued guy. But he's probably you probably want to screw with him, that type of guy. So I don't know if kind of like me. I don't know if it was like that before. <laughs> yeah, he's exactly like you. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't think I'd want to live on a sub. No. I will. I will go there. So you know, I was telling Boat, and uh, before we even start this, I mean, it, uh, the uh, and I asked him if the if the uh, game selection committee knew this going in, and I, and I, he didn't think they did. I guess we all have. They don't have to get together, but uh, and they they would have. Yeah, this uh, is this is this is definitely a major coincidence. Yeah, it's a lot like when we did the very first uh, Amigos, and it happened to be on the anniversary mm-hmm. of, the, of of the Amiga, uh, December seventh. Today is December seventh. Yeah, we're by the taping way. on December seventh, nineteen forty one. As Franklin Delano Roosevelt said, nineteen forty. We're not taping on nineteen forty one, but that's the the nineteen forty one, the date which will live in infamy. Uh, this was the day the Japanese uh, attacked the uh, Pacific Fleet, American Pacific Fleet at Pearl Harbor, and uh, uh, many many casualties, massive blow, and and among other things, the uh, USS West Virginia was sank. At mm-hmm. the, at Pearl Harbor, so it was a. Uh, uh, this is a day that, uh, when I was a kid, it was really big deal, you know, uh, in in the states. And now, I, like today, I was looking over the the news, and I didn't see hardly any mention of it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, did, did you guys do anything at school? Did you no. actually go? To, no, I mean there was there was no no remembrance. I think that um, for a long time, Pearl Harbor was the time that we were attacked. Yeah, and after nine eleven, there's been a time that we were attacked again. You're right. You're right. It's uh, um, it's really it's really uh, something uh, to think about. As cause I'm old, I'm old, a lot older than you, uh, and, but when I was young, like this was a day that you know, like there were really two days that that were like not really holidays, but they were remembrance days, and D Day and Pearl Harbor were both big deal. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah. there were you know when you were a kid, there were a whole lot more veterans that sure. were around from that time. So, I mean, as of right now, as we tape this, December 7th, 2018, 77 years. Yeah. It's probably crazy, isn't it? It is. Uh, so, and it just happens, what are the odds that we'd be covering a World War II submarine simulator that covers, that's exact, this is the start date when you play the game mm-hmm. you can, that you can start adjusting yeah. from. Yeah, It's just mind-boggling. It when is. I sat down in place, I, was, I couldn't believe it. So, anyway, like Boat said, we're going to be talking about Silent Service 2, which is a... Uh, it's a world American World War II uh, submarine simulator. Um, Silent Service Two came out in '91. Uh, came out a year earlier on DOS and all the DOS properties, and this apparently was converted from those. I'm assuming the ST version probably got converted as well. Uh, this came out in the, like I said, the ST uh, DOS. The DOS version supported the uh, Tandy graphics, which is cool. I always like when I see that, uh, and. Uh, this was a two-disc game developed and published by Microprose, the Microprose Labs. Uh, Microprose, uh, the simulation masters, Yep. right? Just to go over a few of their con- contributions, Civilization, F-19, uh, Gunship 2000. Micro League Wrestling. <laughs> of course. Uh, M1 Tank, uh, Nighthawk, Pirates, Railroad Tycoon, Red Storm Rising, so... A lot F1, of, one a lot we of, just did it a couple yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, uh, oh, sorry if you missed that. And uh, um, so they they had, had did a good job. They knew what they were doing. They had and their staff was super good at this sort of thing. It's funny though. I looked down the list of the guys that worked on this, and Roy, really the only game 
that a lot of them worked on aside from this was Knights of the Sky, which is a World War One um, flight simulator. Okay. Uh, you know, have you ever played Knights no. of the Sky? It's it's kind of a more much more serious wings. You know, with a lot more le- legitimate. Uh, uh, you know. You, know, you have to know what you're doing. Yeah. It's not like Williams, you just go in here and go bananas uh, and, and play it. Um, so, um, what is Silent Service 2? As we mentioned, it's a it's a game where you uh, you are the commander of a submarine, of and you've, there's choices that vary, as we'll get into, and your goal is to basically win these, uh, wa- these sea battles. Um, one thing you'll learn quickly, which I did, because I used, I knew of this game, but my game was usually 680 Attack Sub, which was another sort of a contemporary submarine game. Mm-hmm. 680 Attack Sub varies. As they're really, they're, it's funny they're both sub games, but they're not all that similar. In the that 680 Attack Sub was, you, were, you often you were going after other subs. Mm. There are no other subs in this game. Right. There also are no neutral or friendly shipping in this game, uh, to the best of my knowledge. So. All your efforts are to blow up ships and, um, and and basically destroy tonnage. You know, that's that's how they measure your success. How right. many tons of ship have you blown up? Mm-hmm. Um, there are many ways to play this game. You can play a uh, you can play an instant battle where they just kind of throw you into a battle. You can do a uh, like a one time patrol. That you can do a simulation of a war of, of a of a campaign, which is. You start at a home base, uh, and you and you do a patrol of that area, and the and the encounters that you come up upon are randomly generated, uh, and they're they're not. This isn't some kind of roll of d twenty. I mean, these they put some scenarios together. Like here, here, here's a fleet of ships. Here's this. Here's that. Here's a freighter. Here's a merchant ship. And then as you patrol, and, uh, and you're basically your patrol is just basically you're just moving around the map with a little dot until you actually until something the the you know, the machine says hey here's what you come across do you want to do something you can pick yes or no uh, so they've got that aspect of it as well and you can actually run through a whole the whole war mm-hmm. um, when you start a game uh, one of the things that comes up is it asks you uh, for a date and what date you want to play and it, the date starts that December seventh nineteen forty one and rolls all the way. In 1945, into the war. Yeah, and the date that you pick affects the class of submarine that is available to you. As as the war marched forward, the submarines got better. Yeah, early submarines. Um, well, it's funny. I was talking to my buddy about this. He's a bit of a war historian. We were talking about early submarines in, in the Second World War. One of the things this thing does, just to illustrate how uh, uh, thorough the game is, is early in the war, the uh, uh, the naval uh, munitions council or whatever had they had came up with a torpedo <coughs> that was the plan was it would go instead of going into a boat it would go under a boat and detonate and what was supposed to happen is it would as as the explosion went up it would rip the bottom of the boat up like this and it would come outwards mm-hmm. and it would sink mm-hmm. right the one problem with this is it didn't work at all it was a dud it didn't work and so some of these other guys got together and got these torpedoes and put different sorts of things into where it was just like an impact device. So mm-hmm. you hit the ship, blow up a proper torpedo. These guys were almost court-martialed. Eventually, the naval administration said, "Listen, if it wasn't for, these guys have the highest kill ratio in the navy, they know what they're doing. Your torpedoes are garbage." <laughs> but in the game, you can pick his, historically accurate torpedoes mm-hmm. or perfect torpedoes, mm-hmm. and it makes a difference. Um, 
torpedoes off also uh, used to run on uh, uh, steam. So that you had your steam torpedo, then you had an alcohol-based fuel, and then you eventually went to diesel fuel. Uh, and these are all represented. I like that. As Boat said, as you depending on what part of the war you start in, you'll have different submarines at your disposal. The submarines that are faster, that can go deeper, uh, that have radar. Mm -hmm. A lot, most of the submarines don't have radar, mm -hmm. which is another difference from 6A attack sub, where you've got radar. Uh, in in these subs, a lot of it just you're just uh, you're you know get, go to periscope depth, you know you, visual sights. They do have sort of a a, a tracking, a targeting computer, but it's it. It's not, it doesn't do much. Yeah, it's an analog. Deal. It basically it's gives you a, uh, once you activate it, you have to have the guys in a certain uh, area on your sights. Mm -hmm. Then you'll you'll see the crosshairs kind of turn It'll a different color, up. yellow. Mm -hmm. Then you can hit the button and it will give you range and mm -hmm. and, 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 and how deep it It works like an analog range finder if you, in golf. Right, you, exactly. Uh, yeah. I've never yeah. used one of those. Uh, so, uh, this game starts you, you can start out with training, which is what I did to acquaint myself mm -hmm. with it, and you just go out and blow up some, you know, derelict ships. Um, there are different representations on the ship of different areas of the ship. You've got your map and chart room. Uh, you've got a, uh, 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 you've got a periscope room. You've got a, uh, you've also got a room that tells you all the ship's status, damage, uh, what, how much damage the ship has sustained? What, how, you know, how the functionality of the systems on the ship? How much the, uh, how the hull is doing that sort of thing? Uh, and then you've also got a area where you with gauges. And this is where you can set your, you can you know use the mouse to set your speed. You can begin to dive and whatnot like that. Now, the way I and I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on you because I want to hear what you did. Uh, the way I played this for the longest time. <clears throat> Was using all was going to all these different areas every time I wanted to do anything. Mm -hmm. I didn't use any keyboard shortcuts at all because I didn't know about them. I'm guessing you used the shortcuts as soon as you found out. Well, I, I definitely didn't like when I first started to play. I didn't know about the keyboard shortcuts, but I think the amount of time that it took me to locate those was shorter. Because, like for example, if you want to go to periscope depth. To do it the hard way, you have to go to the the, the thing and you got to dive and then yeah, you got, that's exactly and, what I did. Yeah, at first. The, the real way to do it is hitting eight. <laughs> if you hit eight, you go to fifty five yeah. feet and the periscope yeah. goes up. I actually printed out all the little. I'm not going to read them, but I printed out all the keyboard things. And one of the reasons I did it so I could have this paper sitting beside me when I played. Uh, on it was funny. One of the place things I read is there was an offer, and I don't know if it had it on the Amiga version, but on the PC versions of this, there was, you could send in a. Uh, Postage, and they would send you a keyboard overlay. Yeah, which would have been great. Yeah, I, I saw um, Pixels uh, found a scan of one, but it was it was pretty low res. I would love to have that thing. Keyboard overlays. What happened to them? Yeah, that was a good idea. Yeah. Well, keyboards are variant now. That's true. You know, but yeah. back in the day, they were pretty standard. So, what I would do is bounce from room to room, just, and, and to do that, you just click on the at the bottom. There's a, there's a line of icons, and you can click on whichever room you want to go to. And so what this has you doing is, uh, for example, if I'm approaching a, an enemy fleet, okay, I want to put the, I'll, you can adjust the throttle up to four, and, and you'll, if four being your top speed, you'll go as fast as you can. Now, I have to admit, I played, I played every sub that starts out in 1941. I didn't skip ahead, okay? So I know from watching video that later subs have uh, better stuff, mm -hmm. you know, but my subs are just sort of the you know, plain Jane ones. So you'll... You'll approach a fleet, for example, and then when you get in uh, what you consider firing distance, uh, you can 
you can fire you can fire your weapons and you can even I mean you can lock onto a ship but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to hit it it just mm -hmm. means like you said it's a it's a range finder um, torpedoes have a limited distance they don't go on forever yeah. as I noticed <laughs> you would just launch these things they would just fly out in the distance mm -hmm. somewhere but they run out of gas they right. run out of fuel it's, it's over and something I learned also quickly is that you can have a they have a minimum distance and so if you get too close they won't work. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, man, I would drive right up this guy's tail, and I would right. drive up, and then but the torpedo wouldn't it wouldn't work. It's too close. So it's, a lot of these torpedoes have limitations. Um, uh, when you shoot a torpedo, you've got forward and aft torpedoes, at least in the ships I played. Uh, and uh, when you shoot them, uh, you get a, an animation of your of the sub kind of underwater. Mm -hmm. It goes. It's, it's one of the most graphically impressive parts of the game. Is oh the yeah, yeah, yeah. Sequence. And and it'll it'll shoot this. It'll, and then you could. What I like to do, of course, because I'm, I'm I'm a vein. I like to switch over to the periscope thing mm -hmm. and just watch the yep. missile zoom in and hit hit the ship. And it would or in my case, I watch it sail right on past the ship I'm targeting. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, so just. Uh, as we're getting into this, what did you think? What were your initial thoughts and on the on the interface and the uh, and the and the way the game uh, set up with all the various mission options and whatnot? Well, I played um, up into the point that I played this game. All of my silent service came from the NES. Um, and oh, the, the first one was yeah, on the, right? the first one. Yeah, and so I kind of had an idea of the way things should go. Are However, they, are they similar? Well. They, this one seems like it's it's stymied by excessively complex controls. Um, by the end of my stream, I felt like I could do everything the submarine could do. Um, but what seemed easy and intuitive with a controller seemed much more difficult with a full keyboard and a mouse. Um, I feel like this game gives you a gives you such a large amount of like uh, realism in, in in everything that you do, yeah. and and I think for the the market that these guys were targeting, they 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 probably were going for that. Versus when they made the NES version, they were like, we gotta we gotta simplify this because the console crowd is not going to want to read through this manual. It's funny because six eighty eight also came out on the consoles. It's it, and those both those games are not games you would think would be yeah something that would come out you right know? right. And so uh, this game, you know, I, I downloaded the manual. And uh, I, I was I was reading <laughs> the through novel, it, yeah. and it's it's 120. It's over 120 pages long. Yeah. And this is a thing that you would take to bed with you. I mean, like you can read it just like you would a book. It, it would take it, you can take it to bed with you because it knock you out. Yeah. yeah. It, it gives you the full history of submarines in the war. Um, it tells you how submarines work at a level much much beyond what you need to play the game. But this is part of like what makes computer games from this era so compelling. Um, you know, not only are you learning how to play a game, but you're learning something about history. You know, and you're learning about how these machines work. Old train simulators are also similar to that. That's, you know, I, I watch this guy that plays a lot of train simulator because that's just the kind of guy that I am. Also, take that to bed. Too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, and you know, back in the day, I'm sure that the you know train simulator 1992 came with this tome that explained everything about how signaling works and stuff like that. Now you get no manual and you get all these in-game tutorials. It's not the same thing, you know. I really I don't feel like I'm learning when I'm doing an in-game tutorial like I'm when I'm reading a book. You remember when you were a kid and you'd go out and buy a game, your parents take you out, and then you you're in the car, mm -hmm. you can't play the game. That's what, right. What do you do? You read the manual. You, yeah, you burn that thing and into your brain. Great. And yeah. Like you had got to go to the can. What mm -hmm. do you do? Take the manual. That's right. That's you know, uh, you're right. That's that is something that's gone. And the manual for this was for money. But really, you know, I'll tell you, uh, you know, 
simulations always scare me. It's, it, this wasn't as uh, intimidating as Sim Light, mm-hmm. for example, which yeah. I was just like, <laughs> you know, deer in right. headlights. But uh, I, I never played the first uh, Silent Service. It's funny because I've got the box at the house that you sent over with mm-hmm. me. I haven't played it yet. Uh, but uh, this, I actually thought the controls in this were, especially once I learned the keyboard controls, were pretty good. Now, there were problems. Uh, which I'll get into, and the, I didn't think this game. Um, this is gonna sound weird. The interface of this game was um, sloppy, sl- like sluggish. I guess. It, I mean, if you want to click, it's not like you just simply go down to one of those icons and click on it and go to that menu. It you'd have to. Yeah, you got to pound on it. And I thought at first I thought it was an emulation, and so I played this on on both. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, but it just it was. It seemed just, I don't know if it was really overloading the instrument, the machine, and it was causing it to slow down, or I don't know what was going on, because when this thing loads up, it initializes, it's a long process it goes yeah. I'm like, man, what's this thing doing? It's really unfurling something right. here. Uh, so that was a real hassle, especially when you're going at, at 15 knots for, at full speed, and you're getting ready to run over something because mm-hmm. I had to had a bunch of times where I couldn't get back to the menu to stop it in time before I knew about the keyboards uh, stuff, and I would ram stuff, and that's not good for the sub when when you do that. Uh, so that was my I probably my biggest gripe with this game is that is that it's just the controls, the mouse controls felt sloppy. I agree with that. 100%. I, I'm glad I'm glad because yeah. I thought man, boats could tear me up for this because you wouldn't think about that in this game, and even when you're launching torpedoes mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, or and something else, the, the controls aren't intuitive. Example, uh, when you've got the periscope up, you can, there's a range, there's a range uh, on it. You can set like a magnification. Right. And you, what you do is go use up and down with the different mouse buttons. That's mm-hmm. no good. Even when you were, I was watching your playthrough and you were mm-hmm. on the map mm-hmm. and you were trying to zoom in and zoom out. It's just, that's not a good way to do it. No. You should have at least like a hold the mouse and move or mm-hmm. something. I didn't like that. It was, you could tell this wasn't made by people on the Amiga. So when I read that this was a port of the PC, I was like, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. They didn't use the Amiga like someone that like you that actually has an Amiga that would know how smooth it is to do this mouse stuff properly. So I thought that was a problem. Uh, another problem is even when those controls work well, <clears throat> you are bouncing around back and forth a lot if you don't use the keyboard controls. I guess what I'm saying is you need to use the keyboard shortcuts. Yeah. You don't, there's no choice. It's, in the it's really the, the the only way to play. When you when you are sailing your uh, uh, sub around, it, it's pretty easy to get your underway to dive. It's not too bad. You learn eventually that you were when you want to go left or right, you just hit it once. It'll keep going left until mm-hmm. you go back. There and was a few times earlier where I would be just spinning around yep. the circle. Oh yeah, like a like a dingbat. <laughs> uh, uh, so I felt like an idiot there. Uh, I don't know if you dipped your toe in the in the cam- full campaign mode. Yes. Uh, the uh, I love. I started on this. I started on the very first day, and when you start the game, it lets you choose your home port, which is cool. And you've got to be careful how you choose your port because this game is pretty historically up on itself. And what this is something I really enjoyed about it. And I, I could sit down and play this in history and if I was better at it. Because right now I'm not that good. But when you when you start the game, you start playing. These flashes will come up. They're almost like uh, memos from like uh, headquarters mm-hmm. or something. And it'll be like, oh, man, we just lost Guam. All the Philippines are being overrun. Uh, we've lost this and that. Or we've gained this base you can now go to. And so as the war goes on, depending on what time you start it, you, you're, uh, the United States will lose or gain ports, including you can even lose ports that you're, that's your port. And so if you lose the patrol port that you come out of, you're, you're going to have to go to another port. Right. And some of these suck, these ports are far off. Yeah. 
you know. One of the things that was great about this is that it gives you a sense of the scale, you know, as you zoom in and out of the map. When you're when you first leave on patrol and you leave from Hawaii and you're going to Japan, I mean, there's a lot of open ocean between yeah. you and and uh, and in Japan. And if you look, especially again when you start, I started on I started the day of Pearl Harbor, mm-hmm. and it, you it looks like you're totally screwed. Yeah. The Japanese are just taking everything. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're just like, oh God. Right. When you go on these patrols, you it's it's all, it reminded me of like the the out menu of venture. It zooms out way out and you see the whole half the world mm-hmm. and you're just a little dot and right. you're moving the dot around. And I was like, I was watching your video and I was like, what's he doing? What's going on? And it's it's but you move the dot around on your in your patrol area mm-hmm. until something happens. Right. You know, and, and as you do it, fuel is being consumed, mm-hmm. days are going by. Mm-hmm. You're occasionally getting a an update from the war of what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting way to do it. It's probably not the way I would have done it. I probably would have done it more like because effectively you're wasting your own time in in, in right. non real time. Yeah. At least in something like wings, it would just be like, okay, here's the next day. Here's what's happening. And you couldn't do it that way, but what you could do is be like, you could just have a calendar go until something happens, as opposed to just sitting there wiggling your dot around. Right. You know that seems it's kind of goofy. Uh, uh, I, but that's not, it's not horrible. It's mm. not like a deal breaker or anything. Uh, when you actually get into combat, uh, it's, there's a real awesome, it gives you a good sensation of being on a sub, like, uh, your commands are issued when it, when you're heading into a battle, you hear like, mm-hmm. you know, when you're diving, you'll hear a guy go like, ah, there's bells ringing, oh, yeah. you know, and, uh, when you get hit with something, the screen will shake mm-hmm. and you'll, and you'll, you'll get these messages like, you know, uh, Whole integrity, blah, 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 mm-hmm. you must surface, blah, blah, right. blah, blah. Uh, something else that's neat, aside from the static picture of your ship, if you get too close to, or if boats go over your ship, then you'll see the very unfun, I don't know if you ever got to this point, where they're dropping death charges, yep. and and they don't miss, ever. No. I've always waited for them. <laughs> and of course, when they do- drop these depth charges, which are just depth charges, if you don't know what they are, they're just like barrels mm-hmm. full of explosives. Right. And they drop down to a certain depth, and they just explode, and it, and, and uh, they're, they are there to get subs, and they, they're they just guesswork. Mm-hmm. They're guessing how deep the sub is. They can set them, and they just tip them off the side of the boat. They tip right. a bunch of them off. It's very creepy uh, to have that happen. You're sitting there. So when ships get over you or near you, you get very uptight. At least I did. Now, I wasn't great at the game. I'm still learning how to... to uh, I'm getting better now that I've got the keyboard shortcuts that I can actually get around better because, like I said, using just the mouse was really tough. Mm-hmm. It made it hard to maneuver... I mean, I can beat, like, if it's just a couple of ships, I can kick the crap out of them. But if when, when you get, like, a fleet of ships that are coming at you full steam, you know, I don't know if you had a scenario like that, and you're trying to evade and you're trying to be sneaky, it's tough. Oh, and yeah. I, that I'm not well, that good at. Again, it was one of those things where I would forget what position my rudder would be in, and I, I'd start going off in one direction that I overcompensate, and so, yeah, it was bad. I, uh, I looked at the DOS version of this just to see how they compared. Uh, the Amiga versions, it, it looks okay. I mean, it looks like they lost a little bit in terms of graphics, but it's not uh, um, its not bad. And as, as I played this game, I didn't feel like I was being deprived. The sound is great. Uh, it looks good. Uh, it's a fun game. I, I, would I call it a light simulation? No. What I, would I call it a deep simulation? No. It's somewhere in the sweet yeah. spot, I think. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's got a little bit of something for everybody. If you just want a quick fight, you can go in. If you want a quick patrol... You can do that. If you want a full-on campaign, you can do that. Plus, like Boat said, you can, you'll can you be able to pick different subs as the game goes on. 
Uh, it saves scores. It's got a high score table you can look at. Uh, it also has, uh, um, it's got a lot of historical information that's accurate. It was very, it was widely regarded in, in its day for its historical accuracy and what it, you could learn from it. Uh, and I think when you play it, you probably will learn a lot about submarines mm -hmm. uh, if that's if that's something that interests you. Uh, and something we didn't mention, but when you first pick a uh, mission, uh, it gives you a lot of statistics on how far away you'll be able to see and and the different profiles of your sub and how they'll be able to, at what point they'll be able to be seen. Because when you're sideways, you're a lot easier to be seen than if you're running straight on. You know, it's, there's a lot of information there. Plus, it gives you all the statistics about your ship. Even when, it, when you start a game, it gives you a ship with a, with a random name. The names are pretty cool. Uh, so there, it, they put a lot of thought into it. I mean, it's funny. When you boil it down, it's a simple game in terms of the way it's the structure of it. But it actually, it, it reminded me sort of like Elite. It's a simple, it's the idea is more is less complex than it seems because basically these encounters are just, they're random encounters mm -hmm. that they just make up. But right. They're good, mm -hmm. you know. So overall, I was actually... I was pretty surprised with this one, Bo. Any any final thoughts? Yeah, I I, I thought overall this is a very good uh, a very good game. Um, I don't think that it really is a 16-bit game, though. I mean, I, I don't think that graphically it's doing anything great shakes that's taking advantage of what the Amiga can do. Uh, the I'm thinking in particular the views of the ships. Uh, they move very, you know, it's definitely a frame-by-frame frame type movement. There's no smoothness at all. If you think about a game like Lotus, where everything is ultra-smooth, I'm not expecting a sub-simulation to, to replicate that exactly. But I'd like to see something lean in a little bit more. Like, for example, you know, when you're looking at a ship, you should be able to see it sail across your your viewport in a in a smooth way. You know, it should act like a real ship. You should be able to track it. Um, and this is just very frame, frame, frame. That's disappointing for a 16-bit game. I think. Well, I'm. I, you're right, but I'm going to defend this slightly. But I'm going to defend it by pointing out its folly. Uh, if you read the box for this game, uh, it says. Uh, that the game has digitized graphics, okay? And if you look real closely, uh, all the ships are digitized ships, okay? And your sub is digitized. And when I say digitized, I'm using the little air quotes here because this is early, like we sort of digitized it and then we went in and sweetened it with del deluxe paint, all right? So uh, I think they got a little cute on, and I think this is one of those examples where just straight up, Sprites or whatever would have been and smoother. Yeah. You could have made them look just as good, probably better. Right. Even the zoom in of your ship, which is cool, but nothing moves. For the and you, I noticed a lot of times I'll shoot this stuff when I was surfaced. Still saying I was the exact same view every time. Mm -hmm. um, the the ships are herky jerky, and you're not going to get a, a, any sort of smooth activity through the periscope. You know, like you've got some of the ships have deck guns. I never got to use yeah. those. I mean, it would have been cool if they would have built something into the periscope where if you click and then drag the mouse up or down, that would actually make you move the periscope instead of just clicking on the direction that you wanted to go. And yeah. that would have been cool. Interface issues. Yeah, inter like you said, interface issues. Yeah, inter and again, you're right. The, the, the graphics are a little herky jerky. The whole thing is just kind of herky jerky. The PC version looks very similar to me, though. So I don't know if the Amiga was really at its limits. Or that's just the way that, you know the game got yeah. thrown in. Yeah. But uh, I gotta say, as far as simulations go, I like that it. it's just complicated enough. And I don't want to undersell this before we sum it up. 
this is an incredibly complex game. And, and when I say it's just complicated enough to where I can play it, it's actually way more complicated than I am. But a lot of it is the complication of it stems from your actual use of the sub. Mm -hmm. What depth you go to, what, uh, how fast you go, you know, what your angle of attack is, stuff that is beyond me to master in the, in the seven days I've gotten a fool with it. Uh, so that I don't want to make it seem like this is sort of a pity patty simulation. It's a deep simulation. When you read a manual that thick with a lot of theory in it about how submarine warfare works, you know, it actually, and it, you can use everything in it. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, Knights of the Sky was eerily similar. I remember seeing pictures in it of, you know, our Battle of Britain, another one where you can, where it would have like a, a, attack vectors for planes and stuff, stuff that you can do in the game if you know what you're doing. They give you the ability to do it. But it's, if you don't know how to do it, you're just a doofus in a plane. Right. I was a doofus in a sub, yeah. basically. Yeah. But yeah, I liked it. Did you look on eBay to see what this was going for? I did. I absolutely did. So, uh, and by the way, this is available uh, for free, apparently. Uh, so if you want to download it, you, you know, can. I, I jumped the script. You didn't talk about how this game reviewed in the magazines. Of you the did day. jump the script. I got all this right here at the same page. So, um, Lemon really liked this one, 8.32. Uh, and this was a very uh, a widely regarded, highly regarded game. Amiga actually gave it a 90. Amiga Computing gave it an 88. Amiga Format gave it an 80. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just another one of these. November of 91, they gave it an 82. But in 97, one of the few games I've seen go up to an 87. It went up wow. five points. Um, Amiga Power gave it a... a, a Gave it an 86 in uh, 91. In 94, they gave it a 68. Oh. So this is the same old crap, yeah. man. Here's another one. Amigo, the one, gave it a 90. And then it went back in 94 and gave it a 67. So I don't know what they're doing. Uh, the the very first uh, Silent Service won a ton of awards. And uh, this one was, I don't know if this one was as successful. You know, you've played the first one. How, did you enjoy it more or yes. less? Yes. Uh, like I said, I didn't. it didn't suffer from the same interface issues. Yeah. Uh, you could still do the patrol. You could still do the war thing. What was better in this? Um, what was better in the Amiga version? No, I mean, you've played Silent Service 1. Yeah. You've played this. Mm -hmm. what, was, what, was, what made this a sequel? Well... I mean, assume, I know, obviously, it has sound. Or that yeah, sort of I mean, I think that, like... Um, I'd really have to go back and play the NES version again. I mean, um, I'm sure that the graphics are better in this version. I'm sure they are. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I really liked about the NES version is instead of having the instead of having a menu at the bottom of the screen where you have the different views, you know, periscope, uh, bow, stern, all that stuff. Yeah. You actually you would uh, the to, when you go to the menu, I think you hit select, you actually see the cabin of the submarine and you've got a dude in there. And when you press different directions, he goes to the different stations. Yeah. It, it, he doesn't move in real time. He just kind of blinks from one to the other. And that made it more personal. You know, it's yeah. like you, you see the guy well, in there. Well, 688 had a crew, as I recall. Mm -hmm. You know, something else that would have I think would have helped this game a little bit is, is a, a third-person view of the sub, at least when surfaced, so you could get a better gauge. Because... Otherwise, you're basically reduced to like using that periscope to like click, and also moving the periscope around is a monumental pain in the butt. Mm -hmm. Again, interface. So there were things I would have added to like a Silent Service three, which apparently yeah. I, didn't, didn't I need to go back. Maybe I'll stream a little bit of Silent Service on the NES there just to go. compare. There you go. Um, eBay. Uh, I found this in the U.S. I always like when that happens. A budget version of this in the box for ten bucks. Uh, the Netherlands seventeen bucks. UK had several of these. Eleven, twenty-one, thirty-eight bucks. In Italy, seventeen bucks. So. 
everyone's looking around the between the uh, ten and twenty dollar mark. You can take home a box version of this. Wouldn't be the wouldn't be the worst thing to take home. Uh, the the manual, if you're interested in submarine warfare, just strictly on that basis, and it also goes over all the boats, all the different you uh, you know submarines in great detail. Uh, so you know with you know specs and whatnot. So that's if you're into that sort of thing, that's, that's pretty cool. Awesome. Well, Aaron, before we go, um, I want to remind everybody that it is still voting is still open for the uh, best of Amigos 2018 um, poll. So every year for our New Year's Spectacular, we have an award show where people, uh, you know, the, all the viewing public votes on their favorite games and the, uh, and the, um, and we do too. And we have our, and sometimes the, uh, our winners are not the audience's winners and vice versa. Oh man, ain't that uh, the truth. I only have to mention the three stooges to, uh, to bring back that, <laughs> that old chestnut. Oh um, man. And so uh, that you can get to that uh, form by, uh, I don't know that we've posted it up on, um, on social media yet. Uh, I know I've put it on Twitter and Facebook. So if you follow us on Twitter and Facebook, I don't know that we've put it on G Plus yet, but uh, I'll put it up there no, this week. Actually, I had not um, had to do that. And, uh, and if you, uh, you know, we, we'd like to have your input and we're gonna have a stellar uh, best of award show this year. Uh, Duncan Styles has been uh, producing some new video stuff to oh, feed boy. into that, so. Hey, now, uh, what, what's the deadline to get your entry in, Boatster? Uh, we will, we'll tape the New Year's Eve show uh, a couple days before, so I would say if you get in by Christmas, that's probably if you vote by Christmas. You know, the it's fun just to go through the ballot and I, I went through and just it's because it's, it's got effectively everything we looked at this mm -hmm. year, and it's it's so much different than last year. And the reason I say it is like the first couple of years we did this show, we picked the games, we just we picked where we wanted. Right. right. So we hit. And trust me when I say it was low-hanging fruit. It was like, hey, let's do uh, blah, mm -hmm. you know, you know, just out of the beast, right? And so you can tell this year, like the games are of a different. Uh, um, they're they're some of them are more obscure uh, to me anyway, and it's uh, but they're probably a higher quality of game. And I really struggled with picking my favorites, not because there weren't that many, but a lot of them fell in that area. Uh, and so, and there were. I thought there were there were far less duds this year uh, than than we encountered. There's no first person pinballs or anything. Right, right. Uh, but it, it was a good. It was, and I noticed this today when I was reorganizing the playlist. Which, oh, by the way, the Amigos playlist for the show has been is reorganized. So you, if you want to go back and listen to the whole thing, you can do it in order now on but, YouTube. But the show radically took the uh, the game selection committee have made the show much better. But, yeah. <laughs> because they know so much more than we do. Exactly. This is another game. This week's a perfect example. We would have never picked this game in a million years. Yeah. I didn't know it existed. I ain't heard of it. So there you go. Yeah. Um and uh, speaking of the uh, Amigos Game Selection Committee, we want to thank them for, for choosing this game. Again, that is one of the many rewards you can get by uh, backing the show on Patreon. Um, and uh, last week, Aaron, the Patreon Song Challenge had a couple winners. Last week's song was Raspberry Beret by Prince. Oh, that's what that was? Paul oh, Harrington, Colin419, and Pac Billy. Congratulations, you are the winners. Now this week we're gonna do something a little bit different. Okay. Um, so, you know, sometimes on Discord, you know, you pop in now and again, and you're always like, you know, 
And this happened in the year. Like, some guy put this thing up on YouTube. It was Andy Andy, Craig, longtime supporter of the show. You have no idea who our Patreon supporters are. You're like, who the hell's Figgy Z, Boat? I'm like, man, he's been on Discord for 14 years. Now, that is not true. I knew who Andy was, but I didn't pay attention to the name. I just saw the criticism. Aaron, it's time for a little refresher. You are going to read the Patreon supporters' names. Uh Uh-huh. And when does the singing start? Well, there. I'm going to. I'm going to provide an instrumental accompaniment. Okay, in the that's fine. By the way, I know who these people are. Don't give me that. I just want to talk about the comment. So, gosh, now, folks, look at these. Let's see these. These these look thin, but they're coke bottle thick. I'm blind as a bat. So, boat in his infinite wisdom, when he because I guarantee he came up with this little idea on the fly. He wrote these names in the smallest conceivable font. Thank you, folks. Man, it's got to be at least 6.5. My God, <laughs> sir. What are you doing to me? Okay, here we go. I'm just going to read this. I'm going to look like this now, Okay. like a doofus. So, <clears throat> are you ready? Yep. We got uh, Tim Drew. Mm-hmm. Daniel, mm-hmm. Wi- mm-hmm. Daniel mm-hmm. Williams. Mm-hmm. Robert mm-hmm. Edgerton. Ed- mm-hmm. How do you say that one? Edgerton. Edgerton. Wow. The third, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrington, Kyle Edder, Rob Flacco Hara, Howard Nibbs, Matt Laramore. I know that guy. Andy Craig. I love Andy. Shonzo, Darren Lomax, Colin419, Bark Bit, Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie. John Cook, Dan Ross, Leif Kalan, Alan Kebab, Chicote, Level Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRocher, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy, CTC, who's that boat? The Slow Norris, Stefan Sogard Martin, Edmund Helen, Blindo75, Christopher Hassel, don't hassle me. I lost my place. Ravi Abbott. Chris Folds. Chris Folds. Dreamcatcher. Laurent Giroux. Graham. W. Webke. Brent Dowdy. Lane Denson. Adam Battersby. O'Brien's Retro and Vintage. The Huck. Gary Hucker. C. Brian Jones. Paul Harrington. Duncan Styles. Alan Kabob. Anthony Jarvis. Tapes from the Crypt. Josh Nan. Adam Bradley. Jonas Rulo. THT. Eric Nelson. Kim. Tommy. Humberstan. Daniel Bingston. The Brutal One. Himself. Brutal Barracuda. Darren Coles. Jason Warnes. Pixels at Dawn. And Kilborn Barman. How's that? That was very good. Thank Some you. of those names I felt like you were reading for the first time. Incorrect, because I've read the list before, Smarty Pants. Mm, I don't remember. Oh, before we go, a shout out to our good friend, YouTube Daniel. <laughs> yes, Daniel Cordell. He's <laughs> been under the weather. That's true. And he, he just talked back in, so keep the waves of post coming, Daniel. Absolutely. We love you. Absolutely. Welcome back. Next week, Aaron, we're going to take a break from the sub, we're going to surface. And we're going to enter our very own international fighting competition, yes. <laughs> as all good sub-captains do. We're going to play Shadow Fighter. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I think I can beat him. 
<laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, we record this show every Friday, except when we don't. But we've been good lately. We've been recording good. It's amazing. We've gotten this close to Christmas, and we're still on target. We, and yeah. that's despite the fact we're out there buying uh, gifts and whatnot. Oh, speaking of gifts, but what's a great gift to give? Uh, to on a, on a, what will clothe you on a, on a cold oh, Christmas night? Aaron, you can buy a shirt that will end all shirts. If you go over to teespring.com and go to the Amigos Retro Gaming Store, you can buy, uh, you know, I actually, I just got one of the new sweaters. I meant to wear it tonight. Unfortunately, kind of bland, I, I, I forgot. Yeah, this is this is not this is not of their ilk. This is more of the Walmart variety. Um, but uh, I uh, there are tons and tons of shirt options, including our Amigos World of Staff and Supporter shirts, tons of Guru Meditation shirts, and Amigo Workbench shirts, the logos and things. So go on over to Amigos Retro Gaming and I uh, oh, forgot one. What what did I forget? Oh, the Lionheart shirt. No, not the Lionheart. Oh well, yeah, that one of course. But what about the uh, Mime and oh, Puppet Bar? Oh, the Mime and Puppet Bar shirt. That is on the number one. If you wonder what to get your mother this year for Christmas, I can tell you she's asking for the mime and puppet and bar. And under no shirt. circumstances should you explain what it means. No. Just no. let her mind roll. <laughs> that's right. So um, I want to thank everybody that's hanging out in the chat on live here on YouTube. We got Edvin Helen, Necronom Hasifa, Lobsterminator X, Abiga Bong, um, I think Amiga 500 Fury was here for a while. Amiga I mean, Dude Fury. Retro Man Cave. So thank you guys so much for hanging out with us this evening. Uh, we'll be back next week with Shadow Fighter. Until then, adios. adios.